The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. morning yeah because i believe I'm, I'm excited amen so yeah let's go quickly um into psalm 23 and we're going to read from verse 1 now what inspired me looking at the book of psalms and i said it to the to the first service this morning is we were having our staff meeting and our youth pastor jose gave us a bit of an update on youth church and then he said that um they'd given the youth a task to memorize psalm 23 hmm and all of it, all of it, not, not verse 1, all of it, verses 1 to the end, okay? And three, three, of, the, three of the youth um, came and they'd memorized it in the King James Version. I mean, that's pretty deep, right? I mean, how many of you up in here can memorize it? But, okay, well, I saw someone put it, okay, we're going to ask you to stand and <laughs> recite Psalm 23, now I'm joking. But that was really so awesome, and apparently those three won, won a prize, a really nice prize, I think a Bluetooth speaker, each of them, eh? So guys, if you've got anyone, if you know any, any youth, anyone between the ages of 10 to 18, okay, that's our cap, 18, and Faithful Church Youth ends at 18, okay, so in, you know anyone between the ages of 10 to 18, invite them to youth, invite them, because I mean, they're going to have such a good time, but most importantly, they're going to learn the word of God, amen, and they're really going to grow up um, godly, as godly youth and, you know, Meet and do everything that God has called them to do and be and have. Amen. So I'm very excited about youth. Okay. So let's go quickly to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And my question this morning is, is the Lord your shepherd? That's good. Because if the Lord is your shepherd, then everything else that I'm about to say next applies to you. Okay. So the psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd. Therefore, I shall not want. Now, I mean, this is King James uh, English, right? Proper English <laughs> is, is, is pretty much what, what the psalmist is saying is, you know, another way to put it across is to say, I shall not lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. Amen. And so, you know, this scripture, we commonly, um, when, we, when we commonly um, quote it, we're talking largely around um, uh, finances, but I believe it's not just talking about finances. I believe this verse is, is talking about anything that you're lacking. And so if, if you're lacking peace, well, guess what? The Lord is your shepherd. He's got peace for you. Maybe today you, you, you're lacking in joy. Well, if the Lord is your shepherd, and I think everyone said the Lord was their shepherd, well, good news is that God's got joy for you. Okay? And so today, if you're lacking in healing, if you're lacking in physical health, I mean, the good news, church, is that the Lord is your shepherd. God has healing for you today. Now, here's the thing. If you're lacking in healing, I, you know you know this one thing, that God wants you well more than you want you well. You know, God wants you well so much that he already provided for your healing through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for you, to die so that you would be healed. I mean, Jesus died the most horrific death. 
Jesus was afflicted. Jesus was tormented. Jesus was made sick so that we would never lack in health. Amen. And so the psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord is our shepherd, we don't have to lack in any area of our lives, church. Amen. I'm going to jump straight ahead, and I'm going to go to verse 5, because we've got so much ground to cover this morning. Amen. I'm so excited. It's going to be so good today. Amen. Let's go to verse 5. Now, I believe this was, um, you know, this was David, and David is looking prophetically at, at, at Jesus on the cross. He's looking prophetically actually beyond the cross, and he's looking into the dispensation of grace that we're in right now. Okay, and so David, looking prophetically into the dispensation of grace that we are in right now, he begins to say, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He says, Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now David says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And David's not talking about a table being set in heaven. Okay, because the truth of the matter is there are no enemies in heaven. Okay? The accuser of the brethren was cast out of the heavenlies, okay? That's what Pastor T was preaching last, last week when we shared the story of Job. There are no enemies in heaven. So, so this is such a powerful scripture because it's really, you know, the table is being prepared or has been prepared before you in the presence of your enemies right here, right now, okay? In the here and now, God has prepared a table of grace for you. In the here and now, God has prepared a continual feast for each and every single one of us. And on that table of grace is everything that you will ever need in abundance. I mean, on that table of grace, there is all the financial provision you'll ever need. On that table of grace, there is all the joy you will ever need. There is all the peace that you will ever need. And guess what else is on that table of grace? Well, there's all the healing. There's all the health that you will ever need. Amen. Amen. You see, this, this is one truth I think believe we all need to be established in. And the truth is that God's will for his children is healing. God's will for his children is healing. You know, God's will for his children has always been healing. And God's will for his children will always be healing. You know, from the book of Genesis, we see God's will is healing. Even all the way up to the book of Re Re Revelation, God's will is still healing. And even if we were to look at covenants, if we were to look at the covenant, um, the, the Jewish covenants, the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, even if we were to look at the Old Testament law, or even right now where we are, if we, looked, if we were to look in the dispensation of grace under the covenant of grace, God still has not changed his mind about your healing. God wants us well. You know, Matthew 15, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. It says healing is the children's bread. Healing belongs to each and every single one of us. Why? Because God's will is healing. God's will is healing. Healing belongs to us, not because of anything that we have done. Not because we earned it. Not because of how hard, how fast, how long we've prayed. But healing belongs to us because of everything that Jesus did for us. Jesus became sick so that we would never have to be sick. Jesus was diseased so that we would never have to be sick. Jesus was put into so much pain so that we would never have to be in pain. So church, the good news is we don't have to be sick. 
We don't have to be diseased. We don't have to be in pain. We don't have to be sick. We don't have to put up with these things any longer. Why? Because healing belongs to us. You know, my own personal testimony. I used to wear glasses, okay? Probably looking at me saying, what are you talking about? Well, uh, the only two people that know I used to wear glasses since high school, since I was 13 and Smaru were there because I actually went to high school with her. And then, and then the other person's not here today. But I used to wear glasses since I was 13, since I was a teenager. And over the years, my eyesight just was deteriorating, right? Um, I mean, I initially, the, the, the glasses were prescribed because I couldn't see far, things uh, in a distance. But as I, as I grew older, um, I started not being able to see things that were close. You know, so even as I worked on my computer, I still needed my glasses. And, I mean, the, the, the truth be told, the, the glasses became such a, such a crutch in my life. I became so dependent on these glasses to the extent that if I, if I left my glasses at home, I mean, that was, that was going to be a really bad day, okay? It was probably going to be the most unproductive day, you know, of the week or whatever, right? Because that's how much I was so dependent on my glasses. And, and, and again, truth be told, I didn't know the truth that I know now about healing. So I, I, I put up with this, you know? I put up with my eyesight deteriorating. I put up with, you know, having to go to the doctor. And every year he's telling me I need a greater strength, you know, lens. You know, I put up with this, right? Until I came across a book. And it was a book by Kenneth Hagen. I, can't, I cannot for the likes of me remember the name of the book, sorry. But Kenneth Hagen, you know, you, most of you know, he was, he was bedridden all of his life as a child. And then, you know, when he got a hold of the truths of the word of God about his healing, I mean, he was miraculously, he was healed completely. And he had a powerful healing ministry. But here I was reading this book. And, and, and a scripture in this book jumped out at me. And this book, this, the scripture was Isaiah 40, 53. It was actually verse 4 and 5. And, and the, those scriptures are the most, they have such a, a place in my heart, right? I, I just I'm, I absolutely love those scriptures. And when, as I was reading this scripture, I began to learn that Jesus took all my sickness, all my disease in his body. Why? So that by the stripes that wounded him, I am healed. And I looked at this and I said, no, man, this guy must be smoking something. Because I've been to church and I've never seen these scriptures before. So I took up my, no, it's a true story. So I, I went to my King James Bible to check it out, okay? And guess what? In my King James Bible, the conclusion didn't change. By his stripes, I am healed. And then I thought, you know what? Maybe King James has lost its way. Let me go to Amplified. The Amplified is always going to amplify these things, you know? Maybe it's got a letter bit more than the King James. Went to the Amplified. Oh, guess what? The conclusion was still the same. By his stripes, I am healed. I went to the Message Bible for good measure. <laughs> and the, and the, the conclusion was still the same. By his stripes, I am healed. It was like a light bulb moment. I mean, it was just like the light switched on in my mind. I mean, I remember reading this and saying, I am healed. You know, that means I don't have to be sick. That means I don't have to wear my glasses anymore. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so what I, you know, really what I did after that is I really just became obsessed. And actually, maybe obsessed is a bit obsessive. But I became focused on, on finding out every healing scripture that would tell me what Jesus had done for me on the cross, what Jesus had done for me in as far as my healing is concerned. And you know the difference. What I was doing is I wasn't looking through the scriptures to see how I could obtain healing. I was looking through the scriptures to understand what Jesus had already done for me. 
Amen. In the Bible, in Romans 10, verse 17, in the New Living Translation, it says, faith comes by hearing. And it says, that is hearing the good news of Christ. And so as I heard the good news of Christ, as I heard the good news about what Jesus had done for me, for my healing, I mean, man, my faith was stirred up. I was fired up. And I found myself beginning to quote and confess the scriptures. Not because I was trying to get God to heal me, but because I knew in my heart, I knew that I knew that I knew that God had already healed me. And it really, honestly, guys, it didn't take a matter of time. I mean, it took, what, a year, (laughs) right? But as I studied those scriptures, as I meditated on the scriptures, as I kept looking at Jesus, it took one year, and my healing manifested in my eyes. I mean, and it was such an anticlimax to me, because I'd already seen myself healed, you know? So there I was at work, I'd driven to work, you know, done my work, you know, it was four or five o'clock, and I was packing up, getting ready to go home, and I realized... Where are my glasses? I'd driven to work. I'd worked the whole day. I didn't need my glasses. Amen. Healing belongs to each and every single one of us. God is not a respecter of persons. What he did for me, he can most certainly do to you, for you. Amen. Healing is the children's bread. Amen. Let's go quickly to Matthew 15. Matthew 15. I'm going, to read, um, I'm going to read it in the King James, and that's verses 21 to 27. I'm going to read Matthew 15, verses 21 to 27. If you don't mind, we're going to do a Bible study today, okay? So we're going to read through the scriptures, then we're going to look at this verse line upon line, precinct upon precinct, okay? Amen. Because God has so much that he wants to show you in this, in this passage of scripture, amen. So if you're watching from home, I'm going to encourage you to get your Bible, get your notepads, get your notebooks, amen. We're going to do a Bible study today, amen. So Matthew 15, verse 21, it says, Then Jesus went thence and departed unto the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Amen. So let's go back all the way to verse 21 and 22. I'm just going to really just summarize uh, what was happening in those two passages of scriptures just to give you context as to, as to what was happening, okay? So Jesus, it says he was on the coast of, um, in other words, at the border of Tyre and Sidon, right? So in other words, Jesus was in, was in Gentile land, okay? And while he was there, a woman, and, it, and the Bible specifically said she was a woman of Canaan, okay? Now, that's, that's very important, okay? Sometimes, you know, when we brush, we brush along a, a scripture um, when really it's, it's quite important sometimes to just sit and think about it, right? So, so it's important 
why Jesus mentioned this woman's nationality. And I believe it's important because it's going to really help us understand um, the rest of the passages of Scripture that I've just read, okay? So it says the woman, woman of Canaan came rushing to him, and she came asking him for help because her daughter was, was, um, was demon-possessed, okay? And so let's just um, dwell a little bit on this woman, okay? Because, and let's actually go to Mark 7, and we're going to read verses 24 to 27. So keep your bookmark on, uh, or your bookmark on Matthew 15, but let's just go quickly, a little bit of a detour to Mark 7. We're going to read verses 24 to 25. So Mark is narrating the exact same story. He's just narrating it through his, his eyes, right? So this is the story through Mark's lens, okay? But what, what I quite like about uh, Mark 7 is that Mark begins to give us a little bit more detail about this woman, okay? And so Mark 7, verse 24, it says, And thence he rose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon, and entered into a house, and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. Oh, shame, he was actually trying to hide from people. <laughs> but he couldn't get hid. Because this woman, in verse 25, Matthew 7, verse 25, it says, For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit. Sorry, can, I, can we read that in, is this right? Mark 7. Okay, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. Are you sure this is Mark? Okay. Or have I, oh, okay, it's 26. Sorry about that. Let's go to 26. Okay. And it says, the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. So Mark starts giving us a little bit more information about this woman. He says she was a Greek, Okay. But then he also goes on and he says she was, a, she was Syrophoenician by nature. Now, that's kind of like saying, um, you know, someone's like African-American, okay? In other words, what, what Mark is saying is this woman was living in, in Phoenicia, but she was of like Syrian dis- descent, okay? So we learn not only was the woman of Gre- was, uh, Greek, not only was the woman a Syrophoenician by nature, not only did Matthew say that she was a, a woman from Canaan, right? But we say all of this just to really summarize what this woman really was. And this woman was a Gentile, okay? This woman was a Gentile. In other words, she wasn't a Jew, okay? So with that context in mind, let's, let's just read on. So that's Mark, Matthew, sorry, 15, verse 22. So it says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. I love this woman. I love this woman so much because she truly understood the true nature of God. You know, she understood it to such an extent, I said in the service this morning, that she, I would say she might have even been eavesdropping on Pastor Tafara's series, Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People, right? Remember in that series, and for those that couldn't join us, um, we covered a series over three weeks, and basically that series can be summarized as this, that God is good all the time and that the devil is bad, and he's bad all the time. Okay, so this woman understood those truths, right? She, it says she'd heard about Jesus. I believe she'd probably heard about Jesus' healing miracles. She'd probably heard about Jesus' healing ministry, his compassion, his goodness, his willingness to heal anyone who was willing to be healed. And so here she was in her personal time of crisis. Here she was with a very real crisis. And in that time of crisis, she knew who to turn to. She knew that Jesus was her answer. Why? Because God is good and God is good all the time. 
And not only did she know that Jesus was her answer, she also knew that the problem or her problem was caused by the devil, right? She says, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil by a devil. Amen. And so these are truths, church. I'm going to dwell a little bit, two seconds on this. These are, these are truths, honestly, we need to be firmly established in. Guys, God is good and he's good all the time. The devil is bad and he's bad all the time. Amen. You know, if, if you think your problems are being caused by God partnering with the devil, you know, to teach you something, you know, he's bringing a sickness because, you know, I don't know, he wants to humble you, you know, whatever. You're going to have even bigger problems in your life. Amen. So be established. If there's anything you get out of this, it's being established in the truth that God is good and he's good all the time. And if there's any stealing, if there's any killing, if there's any destroying in your life, it's not from God. It's from the enemy. Amen. So here was the woman, her understanding of the true nature of God was spot on. So I love her, I love her, I love her. Verse 23, it says, so she came out crying. And then verse 23 says, Jesus then answered and he says, he says no, actually he says, but he answered her not a word. So Jesus said nothing. Jesus said, zilch. And then it says, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away, you know, for she cries after us. Jeesh. Verse 24, but he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Wow, Jesus. Isn't this a bit harsh? Isn't this a bit rude? Isn't this a bit discouraging? I mean, what's up with this response? Jesus. You know, and this is how when I read scriptures, these are the questions I'm asking the Holy, the Holy Spirit. I'm asking him, I don't understand. What's, what's happening here? You know, I mean, here was this woman. She'd come to you, you know, looking for help because she knew you were answer. I mean, like you, you diss her. You don't even say anything, okay? And then, and then not only do you diss her, like she goes to your disciples and she's thinking, you know, they can help her. And, and they wanna, they're making plans to get rid of her. And she can hear all of this, right? Because the book of Mark says they were in a house. They weren't even in a field. So she, could, she was right there with, their, with them, here, over, eavesdropping on this conversation where people want to get rid of her. And then to top it off now, Jesus then gives some, you know, a li- little bit confusing response, okay? Like, what's up with this response, okay? So let's, let's, let's unpack what's really happening in order to understand this response. In order to do that, let's, let's go back to verse 22, right? And, and let's really pay attention to what she had said to Jesus when she had approached Jesus for help. Okay, so the verse 22, the end of verse 22. So she came to Jesus, right? And she said, have mercy on me. And then she says, oh Lord, thou son of David. So in her approach to Jesus, she tacks on a phrase. And that phrase is son of David. And, and in fact, it's a, it's a Jewish title, okay? And the, the problem that we have here is that, remember, we just learned that she's, she's, a, she's not a Jew. She's a Gentile, okay? So here was this Gentile woman approaching Jesus based for, on, approaching Jesus, asking for healing on the basis of a Jewish covenant that she had no legal right to. Now, that title, Son of David, Again, I said it's a Jewish title. And, and, and what that title refers to is refers to the covenant that God had made with um, the Jewish people or the nation of Israel, the children of Israel. 
And while healing was indeed a provision under this covenant, this woman being a Gentile was not qualified to receive healing under this specific covenant because she was a Gentile. She wasn't a Jew. Okay? The closest example, and I'm gonna, unfortunately, I'm going to have to use the example I used this morning. Okay? So just imagine, darling, okay? just imagine <laughs> Pastor Henry okay? coming to me, and, and, and all of a sudden he's calling me his wife, right? And the reason why, no, no, this is just imagine, close your eyes. It's an illustration. Okay, he's not my husband. I've only got one husband. I'm the wife to one husband. Amen. But anyway, just imagine, hypothetically speaking, that Pastor Henry comes to me and he's calling me his wife. Why? Because he wants to benefit. He wants to receive my benefits of medical aid, right? But the the challenge we have here is he's not married to me, okay? We're not in a covenant relationship. And so because we're not really in a covenant relationship, guess what? He's not entitled to receive the benefits that come with being in a covenant relationship with me, okay? And so here, this is what this woman was really doing, okay? And, and, and when we understand this, you know, it, it, it really helps us to understand Jesus' response, right? It really helps us understand that Jesus wasn't being rude. He wasn't being harsh. He actually wasn't objecting to a healing. Do you see that? What he was doing was he was simply stating a fact. He was saying, you have approached me using a Jewish title. You have approached me, but you, you know, on the basis of a Jewish covenant, but you do not have the right to receive healing based on that Jewish covenant. Why? Because you're a Gentile. So all Jesus was saying, he wasn't objecting to a healing. All he was saying is he was pointing out a fact that her approach wasn't going to work for her. And I love this woman so much. Because we go to verse 25. It says, Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Man, this woman has really impressed me. You know, even when I read this passage of scripture, I was thoroughly impressed by this woman. I mean, I was so impressed by this woman's understanding of theology. I was so impressed, and I continue to be impressed, by this woman's ability to think deeply about issues. I mean, this woman understood exactly what Jesus was saying. And when she realizes that she had actually been asking for healing on the basis of the wrong thing, that she had been asking for healing on the, on the basis of, of, of the wrong covenant, on the basis of a covenant that she wasn't a part of, she realized that her approach wasn't going to give her any results. She realized that her daughter was not going to receive healing on the basis of a covenant that she wasn't a part of. And so what does she do? She immediately changes her approach. What does she do? She immediately drops the son of David and she keeps the Lord. She says, Lord, help me. And so now what she was doing is she was moving from an approach that was based on a covenant of the Gentiles to effectively a covenant that even included the Gentiles. Okay? And I believe she was, she was really, she was, she was been prophetic. I think she was approaching Jesus based on the covenant grace that she wasn't even really a part of at that point. But she knew that God is good, God is compassionate, God is willing, and I can press into my healing on the basis of his goodness, his willingness, his compassion, his unearned and undeserved favor. Amen.
And so verse 20, but about verse 26, it says, But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Man, Jesus. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> okay. So that word meat, um, fancy King James English, okay? All it means is right or good. So all he's saying, all Jesus is saying is, it's not right, it's not good to take the children's bread. And so now here he begins to refer to, or he begins to equate healing to the children's bread. Remember, she'd been asking for healing or deliverance for a child. And so he starts saying, to take the children's bread, he's talking about healing, right? So he says, it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. Man, let's look, before we get offended, okay, I can see people standing up saying, okay, What's going on here? Let's look at some of the terms that, that Jesus used, okay? So for starters, Jesus is talking about children here. He starts talking about children here, right? So what children is he talking about? Well, in this specific context, he's talking about the children of Israel, okay? He's talking about the Jews. And then you're probably wondering, and this is the question I wondered, why on this good earth is Jesus calling her a dog, okay? <laughs> for those that are interested in the Greek, that word dog in this specific um, scripture is actually the word kunarin, and it really means pet dogs or little dogs. So in the New, New, the New King James actually got it right. In the New King James, the same scripture talks about little dogs, okay? Okay, and some of you are looking at me and saying, who cares if it's a little dog, pet dog? Who cares if it's a wild dog? Who cares if it's a bulldog? Jesus is still calling her a dog. She's still a dog. That's, we want to know why he's even calling her a dog, Okay. <laughs> but here's why he's calling her a dog. Because in those days, right, people who were outside the covenant that God had made with the nation of Israel, people that were outside of the covenant of the Jews were commonly referred to as dogs. And I, I hate to break this to you. I mean, this woman was a Gentile, okay, which means she wasn't a part of the covenant that God had made with the Jew. That made her a dog. Okay, I'm so glad it was Jesus who said this. Because I can only imagine the headings. Faithful pastor calls women a dog. I can imagine the uproar. Yes, yes, I can imagine it all. But Jesus called her a dog. Okay? And so what, what really Jesus was saying was, it, you know, it's wrong to take what belongs to the Jews, right? It is wrong to take what has been given to the Jews under the Jewish covenant and give it to the Gentiles. Give it to people who then were outside of the Jewish covenant, Okay? And I believe, you know, Jesus, when he, when he made the statement, I mean, not only was he stating a, a, a restating a fact, okay, but I believe what he was really doing was he was trying to really paint a picture in her mind that would stir up her faith to receive what she had come to receive, okay? And I mean, I love this woman. This woman, you know, if there's one example of persistent faith, if there's one example of tenacity, if there's a good example of a bulldog faith, a faith that doesn't let go, a faith that doesn't give up, a faith that keeps going. I mean, it was this woman. Because thank God, I mean, she didn't give up. I mean, at this point, I might have given up. Okay? But, but it says in, in verse 27, it says, She said, Truth, Lord, let the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. I mean, this woman was... You know, you know, if there's anything we need to learn from this woman is, you know, what a waste of time to be offended. Okay? Because this woman could have been offended. I mean, she'd come to Jesus, guys. She'd heard he could heal. Okay? 
He doesn't even answer her. She'd gone to the disciples. They want to get rid of her. She remains. You know, he calls her dog. She remains. She doesn't get offended. She doesn't throw her toys. She doesn't storm out. Oh, who does he think he is? Uh-uh. She knew what she'd come for. And some of you need to push through the offense. Push through the offense. Refuse to get offended. You know, the reality is offenses will come. The Bible says offenses will come. But the offenses are coming for the word in your life. The offenses are coming to stop the word in your life from being fruitful. So when you find yourself offended, just think of the Syrophoenician woman. Push through the fence, refuse to give up, don't quit. And so she says, truth, Lord. Yes, this woman. She doesn't even try to have a theological debate with Jesus. I mean, and many of, many of us are still trying to have a theological debate with Jesus. Many of us are still trying to debate with Jesus about tithing. She doesn't. She accepts the statement. And she agrees with God. Isn't that humility? Humility is simply just agreeing with God. It's agreeing with God. It's agreeing with God despite what you see. Agreeing with God despite what you hear. Agreeing with God despite how you feel. That God is good and God is good all the time. She says, truth, Lord. She says, I accept the fact that I, you know, this, this bread is, is not mine. I accept it. I get it. She says, truth, Lord. But she says, even the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Man, this woman is deep. This woman is going even deeper into the theology of grace and mercy. That she too could get her healing. Not because she deserved it. Not because she had earned it. But because, you know, when you're around the master, when the master lets you in to the house, when the master lets you in and to, to be at his table, that you can get the children's bread too. That you can get healed too. Amen. I mean, this is amazing grace. I mean, this, you know, PT was just reminding me earlier. I mean, this is such a, this woman, you know, wasn't even under the covenant of grace. But this woman knew that she knew that she knew that God was good. Amen. And, and not only that, her faith was so stirred up. She was able to reach out and appropriate from God's goodness. And because of this, in the next verse, in verse 27, verse 28, Jesus answers and he says to her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole. The Amplified uh, Translation says her daughter was healed from that very hour. You know, Jesus didn't tell many people that they had great faith in those days. In fact, there are only two people that Jesus ever said in the New Testament that they had great faith. And the, one of them was, of course, the Syrophoenician woman. The other one was the centurion. Remember the centurion whose servant was sick at home? Well, to the, both of these people, he told them, you have great faith. And what the common denominator against these two was that they were, they were Gentiles. 
You know, these were people that were outside of the Jewish covenant who had dared to believe that because of God's goodness, because of God's grace, because of God's willingness, God could bless them too. And I love it because this woman, not only did she believe that God had the ability to bless her, she also believed that God had the willingness to bless her. And he had the willingness to bring her the provision that she was seeking from him. Amen. Amen. So this, in, in Matthew 15, Jesus calls healing the children's bread. Now, the good news for you, church, the good news for us here right now, sitting under the dispensation of grace and the covenant of grace, is that when you make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, you become a child of God. You are a child of God. Amen. So let's look quickly at some scriptures. First John 3, verse 1. I like it in the NASB, the New American Standard Bible. But if we don't have that version, anything else will do too. I'm going to read in the NASB. So that's 1 John 3 verse 1. It says, See how great a love the Father has given us, that we would be called children of God. And then the NASB says, And in fact, we are. As believers, we are right now children of God. Amen. 1 John, uh, John 1 verse 12. John 1 verse 12, King James Version will do. It says, but as many as have received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. You see, church, again, when you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, the Bible says you are given the right to become the child of God. And because you've been given the right to become a child of God, you have the right to children's bread. You have a right to healing. Healing belongs to us, church. Healing is the children's food. And here I've got to say, and I think we've just made healing so complicated. Healing, the children's bread or healing is not a luxury. It's not a, you know, it's not a, um, uh, um, what do they call it? A extraordinary perk uh, that comes with with your salvation. No. Healing should be our daily provision. In fact, healing should be our default provision, our normal provision. I mean, let's just think about bread. Okay, I'm sorry, it's it's almost lunchtime. So think about bread for now. But after this illustration, think about broccoli. Okay. Let's think about bread for a little bit. Okay. And I'm a bit hungry now, eh? I've got a few more minutes, then you can go for lunch, okay? But let's think about bread for a minute. I mean, bread is the most basic Bread is the most ordinary, normal provision that any parent could provide their child, right? In some countries, they say, you know, bread is a, bread is a staple food. I mean, bread, it's a given. You're going to have bread, okay? Bread, you don't have to beg for bread. You don't have to cry for bread. Bread is just bread. Bread is just always there. Bread is just available. Bread is just always in abundance. Whether it's sweet bread, wet bread, dry bread, you know? In East Africa, they eat sweet, sweet bread, eh? I almost got the shock of my life because I, I had sugar and bread. But anyway, a story for another day. Bread is a, a normal, ordinary provision. Cake, on the other hand, I'm going to come to the donuts. Cake and donuts, on the other hand. I mean, they're considered a luxury, right? Most people have, what, cake once a year? You know, if it's a family of four, maybe four times a year, six times a year, right? I mean, Krispy Kreme donuts, on, you know, in our house, we have a little bit more than six times a year, okay? But we're working on that, okay? 
because someone stepped on a scale after one whole year not seeing a scale. And we're working on that, okay? But in some houses, we have Krispy Kreme donuts a little bit too often, okay? But it's still kind of luxury because we don't have it every day, okay? We don't have it every day. We're good, okay? <laughs> so cake, donuts, you know, they're a luxury. We don't have them often, you know? We have them once in a while, here and there, you know? But bread, I mean, bread is an everyday provision, amen? And so it must be with our healing church, Our healing is not a luxury. Our healing is not just for Sundays. Our healing should not just be for conferences. Our healing should not just be for healing school. Healing should be our normal, everyday provision. Why? Because healing is the children's bread. Because healing belongs to us. You know, my five-year-old daughter, they're teaching them the Lord's Prayer. Okay? But anyway. And so she's trying, right? So she's praying. And, you know, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught his disciples, he said, you know, you, know, you must say, give us this day our daily bread, right? And, and this, this girl, she's, you know, my little daughter's trying, right? So she's trying in a little bedtime prayers. We're like, Tinaya, please pray for us. She's like, okay, I'm going to pray for you. Dear Father, give us this day our daily bread and give my parents so much money so they can buy me some toys. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I mean, she probably doesn't understand the reference of daily bread to healing. But healing should be our daily provision. You know, we've made healing so complicated. Healing should be our daily expectation. We don't have to be sick. We don't have to be diseased. We don't have to be in pain. We don't have to be weak. Healing belongs to us. It belongs to us. It is our daily bread. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But here's the thing now, and we, we, I really do have to add this. Healing belongs to us, guys, not because of anything that we have done, okay? Not because we deserve it. And, and, and it's sad to say, but, you know, we get a lot of calls in the church office for people asking for healing. And, and most times, you know, they, they reveal, you know, where their heart is, literally after two lines. Most of the time they're saying, oh, but I've, you know, I've fasted 10 times a day, you know. You know, I say confessions, healing confessions, 100, 100 times a day. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing anything bad, you know. They're so focused on themselves and what they are doing or what they're not doing. Healing does not belong to us because we deserve it. We could never have earned our healing. Healing belongs to us because of everything that Jesus paid for. And so, you, we, you know, we, you need to look at Jesus, okay? I love uh, Pastor Rick McFerland is a, one of the teachers in Karis, and he's got, he's got a saying. I mean, he says the success in Christian life, you know, how we manifest everything that Jesus paid for on the cross is by looking at Jesus, step number one. Keep looking at Jesus, step number two. And keep on looking at Jesus, step number three. And if that doesn't work, go back to step number one. We need to look at Jesus. Jesus became afflicted so that you wouldn't have to be afflicted. Jesus became sick so that you wouldn't have to be sick. Let's go, uh, you know, as we end, time's time's gone. I wish time flew this fast when I was doing burpees. Man, the devil is a liar. Isaiah 53 verse 4 in the Amplified. 
We're going to read the scripture um, as we close, and then we're just going to minister to some people. So Isaiah 53, verse 4. So we know 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, what's called the divine exchange took place. Okay, Jesus on that cross, it says he took on all of our sins, all of them, all of them, all of them. All the sins you committed, all the sins you'll commit today, all the sins you'll ever commit. Jesus took them all in his body. Why? So that we could become the righteousness of God. Not only did Jesus take our sins, but he also took on our poverty. On the cross, the cross was a place of extreme poverty for Jesus. Jesus took on all of our lack. He took on all of our insufficiency. Why? So that we could become rich. Amen. We could become abundantly supplied. But the good news is the story doesn't end there. The good news is the divine exchange doesn't end there. Isaiah 53 that we're about to read will tell us that Jesus took on all of our sicknesses. He took on all of our diseases. Why? So that we could be healed and we could be whole. Amen. So look at, let's look at Isaiah 53. And we're going to look at it at the Amplified Classic. So that's Isaiah 53 um, in the Amplified Classic. So Prophet Isaiah says, surely. In other words, it's a sure thing. It says he, in other words, Jesus on the cross bore our griefs. In brackets, it says sickness, weakness, and distresses. And he also carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Now, that Hebrew word for bore is actually the word nasa. And it also means to lift up and to remove away from you. So on that cross, Jesus took your sicknesses. On that cross, Jesus bore your diseases, he lifted them up, and he removed them far away from you. Come on, God, I need you to really get this, because this is so key in in many of you receiving your healing this morning. On the cross, Jesus took on all sicknesses, and that word all means all. It means there is nothing that was left out of Jesus' redemptive work. He took it all. Jesus took on all the headaches. He took on all of your pain. He took on all diseases. He took on all disabilities. And he carried them away from you. Far away from you. Amen. So he nassed. It says he nassed. Nassed. He bore our griefs. He took them away from us. He took away our sicknesses. He took away our weaknesses. And he took away our distresses. And then um, prophet Isaiah says, Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken smitten and afflicted by God as if with leprosy. So what was happening here is when Jesus was on that cross, I mean, he was taking it all for you guys. I mean, think of any disease imaginable. Maybe even right now, you're watching online, you, you are being tormented by disease. You're being tormented by sickness. Jesus took it all for you on the cross. He took it all. He took all your sins. He took everything in his body. I mean, the Bible said he didn't even look like a man. That's how afflicted he was. Guys, he took cancer. He took ulcers. He took every sickness that is known and every sickness that still does not have a name. He took it all in his body. Amen. So the, 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 here, here was Prophet Isaiah. You know, he's speaking, he, he's speaking towards the cross, right? And he says when, when, when people saw him in this state, I mean, he was so disfigured. The, the closest thing they could think that he had was leprosy. 
And in those days, people who had leprosy were commonly believed to have been struck with leprosy, to have been smitten with leprosy by God because of some sin in their lives, right? So here they are, they're looking at him and they thought, oh man, they, he's, been, he's been smitten with leprosy by God because you see, he's claiming to be the son of God. I mean, that's just blasphemy. You see, he deserves it. But a prophet, a prophet Isaiah, you know, he, he rebuts that statement. He interjects. He says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. It says he was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. Now that word bruised, I want us to pay attention to that word bruised. Because I was like, but bruised is something that happens to my five-year-old daughter when she's being naughty. And she's trying to ski down the steps, you know. She's probably going to get bruised, right? But this word bruised is more than a scratch. This word bruised comes from the Hebrew word which means broken. Which means torn to pieces which means to be crushed. And so Jesus was broken. Jesus' body was torn to pieces. Jesus' body was crushed. Why? For our guilt and our iniquities. It says the chastisement, in other words, the punishment that our sins deserved, the chastisement that was needful to obtain our peace and well-being for us was upon him and with his stripes. We are healed. Amen. And Peter, Peter, you know, unlike Isaiah, he, he wasn't looking ahead at the cross. He was looking back at what had been achieved on the cross. And so what he says in 1 Peter 2 verse 24 as we close, it says, 1 Peter 2 verse 24, we can read in the King James. It says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that's on the cross that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. By whose stripes you were healed. Guys, this is past tense. This is a fact that has already taken place through Jesus and what he did for you on the cross. It says Jesus bore our sicknesses. He nursed them. He lifted them up from us and he removed them far away from us. And by his stripes, we were healed. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand up on your feet. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want you all to stand up on your feet. Maybe this morning, you've come and you've, you know, you've come in pain. Or maybe this morning, you know, you've, you're feeling down. You're feeling depressed. And, you know, maybe it's not you. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's a relative. Now, I want, you to, I want you to see today, this morning, right now, where you're standing. I just want you to see all of your sickness. I want you to see all of your disease right now. I want you to see all of your weakness, all of your pain on Jesus, on the cross. See it with him. I mean, when, the, when I was preparing for this um, message this week, you know, God gave me um, a word that someone would, would receive their healing from glaucoma. I didn't even know what glaucoma is. I could just see the word. And I, I believe, you know, that there's someone this morning who's going to be healed from a report, a negative report that the doctor gave you. They said glaucoma. Um, this is causing your, your vision, um, I believe, to be impaired, to, 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 to lose sight. But, but, but right now, I want you to see glaucoma on Jesus. He bore it for you. He took it far away from you. See your weakness on him. See your disease on him. See it all on him. 
He took it on his body for you so that you would not have to suffer it anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just receive your healing this morning. You don't have to be sick anymore. You don't have to be in pain anymore. I speak to ulcers. You do not have to have ulcers anymore. Ulcers, we command you to shrivel up and go. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you're our healer. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you that Jesus has taken away all of our sicknesses. He's taken away all of our disease. Thank you, Father. Someone has a problem with their liver. <clears throat> I want you to close your eyes and see that problem on Jesus. Jesus took your liver problems, took them away from you so that they would not be a problem for you. Receive your healing this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. God is saying to someone who has been asking the question, why? God is saying, no, -uh, it's not why. It's yes. Receive your healing today. And I want to pray for um, people with um, eyesight problems. 
I want to pray for people as well. I prayed in the, in the, in the first service for people with migraines. Okay, because migraines are also a, a challenge with eyes. And so if it's you, if you've got problems with your eyes, if you know of a family, someone connected to, to you by blood, don't leave this morning without us praying for them, okay? So if you've got a challenge with your eyes, you know, maybe it's, you know, your eyesight, you, you know, you, you're seeing blurred vision, whatever it is, if you've got something wrong with your eyes, today God's got healing for you, amen? God's got healing for you. So I just want you to put up your hands. I want you to close your eyes if you must. Put, put, put your hands on your eyes. Why not we do that, okay? And we're just going to pray for you this morning. Father, we just thank you that you are our healer. Father, we just want to thank you even this morning for healing. We just speak to every single person, not only in this room, but also online with eye problems. Right now, today marks the day of a new beginning. Today marks the day that they know, that they know, that they know that you are their healer. And so today we speak life into those eyes. We speak healing into those eyes. We command vision to come back into their eyes. We say short-sightedness, leave those eyes. We say those who can't see things from a distance, ah, not today, it's gone now in the name of Jesus. We speak against migraine. No more migraines. Ah, no more migraines. By the stripes that wounded Jesus, we are healed. We are healed, which means we were healed. We are healed right now. We are healed right now. No more eye problems in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that even right now, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that quickened Jesus' body when he died, is quickening eyes is quickening vision right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you're a healer. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that Jesus already paid for our healing and he paid for it in full. There is nothing else we need to add. There is nothing else we need to do. There is nothing that we could have done to receive or to earn healing, but it was achieved. It was earned by Jesus' perfect performance. And so this morning, with a heart that is filled with gratitude, we just say, thank you, Jesus, for healing. Thank you, Jesus, for healing. Come on, someone say, thank you, Jesus, for my healing. Thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to be sick. Thank Thank you, Jesus, Jesus. that I don't have to be diseased. Thank you, Jesus, that I don't have to be weak. Thank you, Jesus. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.